College Football Live is presented by Dr. Pepper. Nick's under duress. Got away. How did he do it? Bo Nick's to the goal line. What a touchdown. Oh, what a catch. Wow. It's like watching a pit stop. Oh boy, we got the sprinklers going off here on the field. Oh my goodness. Undefeated with shadow back. Hardest trip I got a pack. It's 2020. I don't know if I enjoy it to sit in contact, but I'm gonna do it if I need to. That's just how we go when you play with the bosses. Oh no, we ain't never taking no losses. right here it's a special group doing special things together he said it's the mormons versus the mullets a little feisty last chance for the cougars mill the catch wrestle down on the two postal wins it you know we heard all week that we're gonna get killed we're not big enough we're not ready coach the football's here we're here to stay and it knows It doesn't get much better than that. We say hello for College Football Live. I'm Wendy Nix with Joey Galloway and Greg McElroy. Coastal Carolina coach Jamie Chadwell will join us shortly. Sadly, though, we begin this afternoon with breaking news I think everybody in college football had hoped to avoid, and that is Saturday's game between Michigan and Ohio State in Columbus has now been canceled. This, of course, due to the Wolverines' COVID-19-related issues. Michigan Athletic Director Ward Manuel released this statement. The number of positive tests has continued to trend in an upward direction over the last seven days. We have not been cleared to participate in practice at this time and unfortunately will not be able to feel the team due to COVID-19 positives and the associated quarantining required of close contact individuals. This decision is disappointing for our team and coaches, but their health and safety is paramount and it will always come first in our decision making. Here's our reporter Heather Denich earlier today with Ohio State head coach Ryan Day. Hey Ryan, how do you feel specifically about the Big Ten's rule that you have to play six games to qualify for the championship? Well, I think it's one of those things that was put into place early on and um, you know, decisions are made based on the information you have at the time and then things change as we know. And I just think um, you know, we have to take a hard look uh, periodically at all this stuff. And I think that this is one of those situations. And, uh, you know, if, if we don't quite get the, the games we need to get into the championship game, then I think that needs to be looked at hard, just like anybody else in the conference. Um, but there's no easy solution in times like this. So, um, you know, I know those guys are going to come together and, and take a hard look at it and, and make sure that it was the right decision. He's certainly right about the no easy decision part. We're joined now by college football senior writer Adam Rittenberg. And Adam, uh, can you see perhaps the Big Ten adjusting those rules that require a six-game season to play for a conference championship? Wendy, I can. The Big Ten athletic directors are set to meet on Wednesday morning and likely will discuss uh, changing the six-game policy or at least uh, you know uh, having that conversation. This was put in place by the athletic directors in consultation with the coaches and other administrators in the conference uh, before this uh, the season was, was, was resumed. And so, like Ryan Day said, things have changed. It, you know, Ohio State has beaten Indiana on the field already. 
and obviously if they played Michigan, even if they lost the game, they would have reached the six-game threshold. So that certainly could be possible if they have to. They may not have to, depending on what happens elsewhere in the conference. Well, and they may not also have to if they somehow find an opponent for the weekend. Any chance we see Ohio State play somebody else on Saturday? Well, well, that's certainly a chance. This year has been so fluid, Wendy, and Purdue earlier today announced that it was canceling practice to assess its testing situation with COVID-19. So hypothetically, if Purdue was unable to play its game against Indiana, there would be another opponent in the Big Ten, and the Big Ten will do rematches. They will uh, change opponents potentially. They ideally would like to avoid rematches, so you could see a significant shuffle in the Big Ten schedule. But if Purdue is out, Indiana is in, you could have Ohio State and Indiana playing a rematch this weekend. I don't expect a non-conference game uh, to happen. The Big Ten has been consistent since July, conference only. They didn't let Nebraska schedule a non-conference opponent earlier this year. So I don't think that would happen this week for Ohio State, but it's still possible to play someone else within the conference. Adam, thank you. Look, this is what we've had to manage and juggle all season long. There was a point in August where the Big Ten said they wouldn't play football at all, but Joey still... Even so, as a former Buckeye, you know how important this particular game is. These players were gearing up and practicing and ready to play. You know, what's it feel like to all of a sudden have the Michigan-Ohio State game, uh, you know, go away? Well, I think that this has been a season-long thing dealing with every single week, every single game uh, having the opportunity to be canceled. I know that this is a big rivalry and, and, and that matters more to some people, but this is just the, the case that we're dealing with with this college football season. Uh, the idea of sketching another team, especially in the Big Ten, becomes interesting to me because if I'm one of those other teams in the Big Ten, I'm not signing up to go play Ohio State. Now, if it's Indiana, it also becomes interesting because I believe the first Ohio State-Indiana game was at Ohio State. So then how does that happen? Indiana's game, say they get canceled, uh, and I think they had a home game against Purdue. If that gets canceled, does Indiana then forfeit a chance to play at home? There's a lot of moving parts in this situation, and that is just where we are in this season. That's the way it's been. The problem is if the Big Ten's really in this for the players, and that's what they've cited from the beginning. That's why they're playing, to chase a championship and really to give the players the best opportunity to showcase their talent and their commitment level. Well, why the heck wouldn't we consider playing out-of-conference games? I understand right now both the Big Ten and the SEC have been very strong about their unwillingness to look outside the conference for games. But, guys... The players don't want to play Indiana again. Like, Ohio State just beat Indiana with Michael Penix at quarterback. Like, they just did it. We played that game a couple weeks ago. Oh, well, they might play Nebraska. They already played them. Like, give them a chance to play against someone that will challenge them in the best way humanly possible. I'm not saying Indiana can't challenge Ohio State. We already saw that they can. But they already did that. Like, if we're just putting games on the schedule just to put games on the schedule, that's not serving the viewer. That's not serving your fans. That's not serving your players. All it's serving is the Big Ten's rules that they put in place at the beginning of the season. So I think we, the lack of flexibility that we've seen is frustrating, uh, and I really think that Ohio State ultimately will pay the price for this, not because of making the playoff or not making the playoff. I think they're firmly in the conversation for sure without question, 
but I think they should be penalized with where they're seated. They should be in the four seed potentially to have to face off against potentially number one Alabama. They should be penalized for the fewest amount of games played amongst all playoff contenders. Well, look, too, as far as the Big Ten is concerned, they have certainly been consistent in one thing, and that is that they can change things. I mean, again, I point to August 11th when there was going to be no season. That changed. There is no real reason why they can't amend that six-game rule rather than, to your point, Greg, just put any game on the schedule for the sake of playing a game. Uh, but we'll see. Sadly, they are not alone in programs that are affected by COVID-19. Ole Miss at Texas A&M has been postponed. This for the second time this season. The rescheduling of that game has to depend on what happens with other games on December 19th. And in the American, Cincinnati and Tulsa has been canceled. It will not be rescheduled. Those teams scheduled to play in the AAC championship game also on December 19th. Right now, though, here is a behind-the-scenes look at the committee. They are convening in Grapevine, Texas again today. They will talk about the latest college football playoff rankings. That will be revealed tonight at 7 Eastern on ESPN. According to our All-State playoff predictor, Alabama has the best chance to make the playoffs. That's a 98%, almost a sure thing. The predictor, along with the committee, believes Ohio State, Notre Dame, and Clemson round out the top four. As for those on the outside looking in, Texas A&M has the best chance uh, outside of those top four. Uh, I'll ask the two of you, Greg, starting with you, what your rankings look like and what the biggest question you want to see answered is tonight. Well, there's a lot that I want to see answered, but let's start with my rankings first. I would have Alabama at one. That's probably not a huge surprise. At number two, I'd have Notre Dame. Three, I'd have Ohio State. This is before the news of what's gone on with the Michigan game, and they're no longer in pursuit of a Big Ten championship, at least at this moment. So I actually had them in front of Clemson, though, because of the dominant performance that we saw against Michigan State. At five, I have A&M, and at six, I have Florida, and of course, Cincinnati in the seven hole. But for tonight, the thing I'm most encouraged by is where is Iowa State and where is USC? Those are the two teams that I'm really interested in because Iowa State just had a dominant performance, a 40 two to six domination of the best defense in the Big 12. Will they move up to within striking distance than USC? They demolished Washington State on Sunday. Have UCLA, they're undefeated. Will they move up from 20 into maybe the top 10 or the top 12? That would be a huge jump for USC, Greg. <laughs> but, you know, for, for a team at USC that we all expected to be a little bit better coming into this season, um, you know, it, it just hasn't panned out. I can't imagine the Pac-12 being a, a big factor as far as we move forward in this after Oregon losing their couple games. And so as I look at my rankings, Greg, I think, I think we agree uh, with our top four. I had Cincinnati at, at number five, Texas A&M, Florida, which I believe gets interesting also. Uh, Cincinnati... Uh, having their games canceled. I don't think we've seen them in a couple weeks now. And they needed to play Tulsa because Tulsa's ranked. And so that would help their resume out uh, because the other teams, SMU, not ranked now. Uh, and so that hurts Cincinnati's resume. Now you look beyond that, and I still have the head-to-head -head between Texas A&M and Florida mattering to me where Texas A&M is sitting ahead of Florida. But if Florida wins out and, and wins the SEC championship game, they'll be fine and they'll get in. So we're going to see a lot of this play out in front of us. Well, we will see it play out, and we will see it live on ESPN and the ESPN app again tonight, 7 o'clock Eastern, the exclusive reveal of the college football playoff
top 25 rankings. Now we know, too, Ohio State and Michigan won't be played this weekend. Reese Davis will have a live interview also with committee chairman Gary Barta. Still to come on College Football Live, as promised, Coastal Carolina coach Jamie Chadwell takes us through arguably the game of the year. His shot to clears took down BYU in a game that certainly had a playoff feel. College Football Live is presented by Dr. Pepper, the official drink of Fansville, and in part by Nature Valley. We are better outside. Welcome back to College Football Live, presented by Dr. Pepper. BYU will play anybody, anywhere, anytime. So I'm going with BYU. I got to go with the BYU Cougars. BYU. I'm going to go in the lineup with the boys here. I'm going BYU. Comes down to one final play. Last chance. Coastal Carolina has won 11 straight games dating back to last season, trailing only Notre Dame among active streaks. Their 10-0 start, the best in Sunbelt history. They've now won two games over AP-ranked opponents this season and had zero such wins before that. And we're happy to have Coastal Carolina head coach Jamie Chadwell with us, fresh off the upset win. And coach, let's start with this, though, because it wasn't supposed to be like this. First, it was supposed to be Liberty. You, you find out they can't play. So walk me through the process when someone says, hey, you know what, there's a chance for BYU. Uh, take it or leave it. What do you say? Well, let me tell you how it first uh, happened. We're, we're practicing for Liberty uh, Wednesday, and I get off the practice field, and somebody says, hey, you probably playing BYU. I'm like, what are you talking about? And so it's all over social media, and I, and I call her AD. I said, are we playing BYU? He goes, well, there might be a chance. Uh, <laughs> and he said, what do you think? And I said, well, I said, let's go. If, if we got to make it happen, we wanted to obviously play a game. And then Thursday morning, about 9 a.m., it became official. And uh, those next 48, 48 hours were a blur. There wasn't a lot of sleep going on for sure. No, I can only imagine. I know you heard it. Uh, every single one of our, our guys from College Game Day picked BYU. And in fairness, because in large part, they're bigger, they're faster, especially up front. So, Coach, how do you, how do you offset that and prepare for a team uh, like BYU and ultimately be successful? Well, uh, we did see uh, everybody pick, uh, you know, BYU. So that was just another added motivation. I think we use that in our, in our, in our pregame talk, to, to be honest with you. Uh, but what you do is, you know, you try to, in, in a game like that, they are bigger, faster. You try to win the way you're capable of. And we've got, we've got a lot of guys that might not be overly big, but they play hard, they're smart, they understand, uh, you know, how to win games. Uh, and in a short amount of time to get ready, you, you, you don't do a lot of game planning. You just try to do the things that are necessary to win. And our guys are, are tough-minded, and they believe in each other. And if you watch that football game, you saw two really good teams going at it, but you saw a team, uh, you know, Coastal Carolina play with a lot of heart, a lot of passion. And, uh, and uh, you know, we use those, uh, those motivations or those slots to our advantage. You know, not only was it a great win for your program, but it, it was a great game in general. So walk me through that final stand, the call, what took place, and also what was going through your mind? 
Well, to be honest with you, I was barely watching. I was I was so anxious over there. I was I was I was pacing the sidelines. But uh, we actually practiced that last call. We practiced it every Friday. It's called Five Victory. Uh, and you know, and, and what we're doing, we're putting five DBs out there, and it's if we stop them, it's victory for the Shauna Clears. Uh, and uh, now in practice, they never get tackled at the one. We sack them, so it made us a lot nervous. Uh, but uh, it worked <laughs> out. Uh, it uh, you know, it's something you worked every. We've worked probably for two years. You know, since I've been the head coach, we have worked it every Friday for two years and never had to use it. And then the one time you did, uh, you know, it paid off. So uh, practice makes permanent, is what they said. And so we we did a good job with it. Well, and, and you never know when you're when you're too prepared. That's for sure. You certainly weren't. How sweet was the celebration? Well, yeah, I tell you, we, we basically had two of them because you know our, our, our fans rushed the uh, rushed the field, and so it was it was a jubilee there. It was it was awesome, you know. And you're out there celebrating and and doing all those things, and then you get in the locker room, and then and then you don't even recognize half the people in the locker room. I think our security decided to celebrate too, so everybody showed up in the locker room there. Uh, and uh, it was uh, it was crazy. We had I had somebody pick me up. I, had no, I don't even think they were on our team, so I don't know what they were doing. But it was it was crazy. It was a great <laughs> celebration. Uh, you know, one of those days uh, with game day being here, the way the game came about, just one of those days uh, that you always remember, uh, and especially getting the win. But you always look back on it fondly, 30, 40, 50 years from now. That's what we told we told our team, you know, afterwards. Yeah, there's no question. And I will ask you what impact you think this will have on the bigger playoff picture, especially the New Year's Six. I mean, this this throws a wrench in some plans, Coach, uh, and could make a difference. Well, I hope it does. You know, I mean, we were obviously an afterthought in that. Uh, you know, BYU was is, is a well-deserving team, and, and, you know, they were up there. And for us to be able to beat them, who the committee recognized as a, as a, as a threat in, you know, G5, a threat to Cincinnati. Uh, hopefully we put our name in there and hopefully tonight, you know, we'll have an opportunity to grow, uh, go up those poles and put ourselves in a position if we continue to do things we're doing that we'll be considered for that because I, I do believe we have a great resume uh, that we've put together. We've beaten, you know, the teams we're supposed to and, and to be able to do it in front of a national TV audience that was supposed to sort of be the coronation, you know, for BYU to, to make their stake, uh, you know, we took our chance and, and made the most of it. Coach, which is why what you don't want to happen, I know, and what you'll tell your team is a letdown against Troy. You have to beat those guys. That's up next. How do you make sure, uh, as awesome as it was, that they put BYU behind them and look forward? Well, that, that is a big challenge. Uh, and, um, you know, it, it's one thing that we have great leaders here, our senior leaders. They, they've been great all year long. We've gotten all this publicity, and I've worried every week that it's going to go to our head. Uh, and uh, it hadn't, and the big reason is because the leaders we have on this team, and they're hungry to continue to go play and, and get better and play our best, and they know what's at stake. Uh, obviously, Troy's a great football team as well, and our guys know, you know, if we can win that game, it puts us one step closer to potentially reaching that uh, New Year's Six, and so I, I believe we'll go down there and play well. We'll play excited, uh, and you won't see a letdown. All right, Coach, again, congratulations, and we'll be watching. I appreciate you and uh, hope you can come home and visit us soon. <laughs> Thank you. Up next, which playoff contender has the best chance to roll with the Alabama Crimson Tide? We may or may not agree on the answer. College Football Live is presented by Dr. Pepper, the official drink of Fansville.
And now for this week's ultimate performance presented by BMW, Arkansas State wide receiver Corey Rucker, an FBS freshman record 310 receiving yards, along with four touchdowns in the upset win over the University of Louisiana at Monroe. Right now, time to discuss our Capital One fan vote, and we ask you which of these teams would have the best chance against number one Alabama, Clemson, Florida, Notre Dame, or Ohio State. Go to twitter.com slash sportscenter to check out this week's Capital One fan vote. We'll ask the same of our two favorite voters. Joey, start with you. Which of those teams has the best chance against Alabama? I'm going to go with Notre Dame, and, and not because I think that they can win a shootout with, with Alabama, but I do believe that they're the best rushing team out of those teams you mentioned. Uh, they're second in the ACC in rush yards per game. Uh, they have the most rushing touchdowns in the ACC. And because they can keep the ball on the ground with Kyron Williams and Ian Book even as an athletic quarterback who runs the ball, I'm thinking keep Alabama, Mac Jones, all those weapons on the sideline, and you got a chance, a chance at staying with Alabama. I'm going to go with Clemson, and it's because of Trevor Lawrence and those explosive weapons on the perimeter. We know that Travis Etienne has developed so well coming out of the backfield as a receiver, and Amari Rogers is back to his old self. I mean, this guy has been as good as ever, and now the emergence of Powell on the perimeter, that's just another weapon for Trevor Lawrence to, to utilize in the passing game. So I'm going to go with Clemson. I think their defense does give me a little bit of concern, but I also think that in order to beat Alabama, you have to almost have a superhuman quarterback performance, and we've seen Trevor Lawrence deliver those on several occasions over the course of his career. We sure have, and don't forget, you can see the updated college football playoff rankings tonight at 7 Eastern on ESPN. And the news of the day, Ohio State, Michigan canceled. See you tomorrow.